Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and this is the first solo episode in May. So happy Mental Health Awareness Month. It's always Mental Health Awareness Week, day, month in my world. But in case you want to do something, please just consider sharing a post or asking someone if they know that it's Mental Health Health Awareness Month. I'm seeing so many people doing that. And it it's warming my heart because I'm used to seeing that from organizations like NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. But I am not used to seeing that from individuals and smaller businesses. And so we are making progress. And that is giving me hope and encouragement for the future. And that's a lot. You do not have to have a deep, hearted conversation with someone. You don't have to tell a personal story or ask a deep personal question. You can just say it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Did you know that? So I will be talking about all things, all conversations. Please let me know if there's anything specific you'd like me to cover. Sam at SamanthaRuth.com. There are so many areas when it comes to mental health, right? And I just want to talk about something that I've been through, something that's come up with so, so many people. And I want to give a quick shout out to Associates in Family Medicine in Fort Collins um, that they will be changing their name to Village Medicine. But I had to go in recently and every time I'm there, I notice all of the things that they have in their office. They have signs for if you're struggling with anxiety and we have these groups that we're offering and if you are dealing with grief and I'm not saying this because they're offering my programs I'm saying this because they are acknowledging that these are things going on in the world and I don't see that in Colorado period but you don't see that in most doctor's offices in in medical facilities right you do in a mental health facility but certainly not in Colorado and and just not in most medical practices and mental health is a part of our whole health so there are many medical buildings where they have all these different doctors offices right but is there a psychologist or a mental health office and and i go in and i will say who's in charge or who what who you know what company is in charge of this medical building because i'd love to talk to someone and see why there isn't a mental health office represented and it usually ends up being a very interesting conversation and a lot of people are bothered and I have close friends in Michigan that have a medical practice that don't have a psychologist represented represented and it rubs me so the wrong way because the two are connected and I was in the office yesterday and 
was saying, you know, thank you so much. I took a picture. I'm planning to talk about this on my podcast tomorrow. And you guys do such a great job of representing the whole holistic healthcare and, and nothing's left out here. And as a psychologist that I'm happy to come here and I feel like I could refer people here there. I'm very picky about who I do business with and who I see and who I refer to because a lot of people have a bad experience and I've had a bad experience. A couple of weeks ago, my eye was acting up and I went into the same place. I didn't get my particular doctor. I had to see someone else. And that happens, right? When we have an emergency, we, we deal with whoever we can see. And so I want to talk about someone in Michigan who had this happen and was feeling pretty um, at the end of her rope, right? Recognizing that I'm not doing so well. I'm not sleeping so well. I'm not taking care of myself. I haven't had a, a physical. I have not taken care of my own self. I'm so busy taking care of everyone else, which is what we do as whatever role you play, people do this. Moms do this. Providers do this. So many people do this. And so through our work, it kind of sunk in. And in between appointments, she was filling me in. Like in between last appointment and this appointment, it hit me that I'm just not okay. And I'm going to listen to everything that has sunk in. And I am going to use this time and go to the doctor. And I'm not even going to go alone. I'm going to take my husband with me and make sure that like we talk about when we're not thinking clearly, I don't leave anything out. I'm going to have someone there and make sure everything's covered. And so what happens when you make an appointment? You have to fill out all these forms online before you go in, right? Or you go in early and you sit in the waiting room and you fill them out by hand. So just like I had to see, I couldn't see my primary person who knows me better than the person I'm seeing in an emergency visit. You fill out these forms and you expect someone to read them. Why else are you filling them out, right? She, like me, is pretty honest and put everything out there which is emotional. If you're going in in this type of a situation and you're acknowledging I'm not okay, I might need some help here. I might need some help sleeping. I, I might even be depressed. I need you to help me figure it out because you're the doctor, but I'm, I'm here because I'm not okay, but I'm putting all this on paper. So then you come and you get to an appointment and you have to deal with signing in and seeing a receptionist and all of the things. And you sit down and you get called in and you finally get to see the people who are there to listen. And you, I don't want to, I don't know if excited is the right word, but relieved because you're, you're there and it's happening. And whether you're there, whether you're there for back pain, emotional stuff, like it's a relief. You're finally getting it off your chest. And someone comes in and they're rude, a little bit cold, maybe not the best bedside manner. 
How about we say that? I would think that any of you listening, many of you at one point or another in time have had this experience or you've seen different types of bedside manner in your life, whether it's for you or your child or your spouse, there are different personalities. We've all experienced, even with a dentist, right? We've all had different types. And so right away, the minute someone enters the room, her intuition goes like, oh, uh oh, <laughs> oh no, not feeling the warm butterflies. Like I'm not feeling, I'm not even feeling like this person wants to be here. Like I'm feeling like this person's having a bad day and is annoyed to be dealing with me, right? Friends, I want you to know that's a red flag. And I want you to know that you are paying to see your doctor or your chiropractor or your dentist, whoever, or your physical therapist or your therapist or or your your trainer, right? You're paying for a service, okay? You are you are the customer. The customer's always right. Like we hear these things, right? Okay, so her antenna goes up, her her the hairs on the back of her neck, whatever you want to call it. And they go on about the appointment whatever else happens. And we've all been there. I'll talk about myself for whatever reason. And the doctor continues to be abrasive, interrupts, cuts her off. There's just multiple examples throughout the story where it seems like she is interfering in this person's day. And she's like, you know, should I just shut up and go home? Like she's getting that vibe and they get to the point where they're talking about options and talking about what should be done. And they're talking about allergies and they're talking about medications and different things. And she says, you know, these, this category of medications in my childhood has, has made me sick or given me an allergic reaction. And this category, what, you know, all of the things that you go over with, with doctors and she expresses her concerns, right? Like, I don't want to have anything that will make me unable to wake up. I don't want to wake up feeling like a zombie, right? And I don't want anything that would cause weight gain. That's something I'm already dealing with. I've, that's one of the reasons, that's one of the things I'm talking to you about. And I've put on these forms. Now, I also want to add that the doctors asked questions through this period that she extensively answered on the forms and has had to relive. It's hard enough to write it. It was emotional enough to put it out there. She gets in, she's relieved to be here. Doctor's relatively rude and then is asking things that she feels like she's already answered and she's been through. And mind you, had had she seen her doctor who knows her, wouldn't even have had to have this conversation. Aren't these things in our records, right? If I have a client in my field who's coming to see me 
for something important, whether that be a divorce, a breakup, a, a stressful situation at work, I read it. Even And there are people who write one sentence and there are people who write pages. I read it. And there are people who leave things out and there are people who pour their heart out. I read it. If they want to tell me again, that's their choice, but I read it for this very reason. There are times I have gotten a client who saw someone else before me. So there's a record. There is a file, right? There, there's a chart. This doctor had a chart that exists before she walked in the room. This patient has been there for years, for life seeing a different doctor. The doctor didn't look at it and asked questions that were, answers were available and, and could have prevented individuals from having to go through things that are uncomfortable and, and could have been avoided, right? So now we're getting to this point. And so she says, I don't want anything that's going to give me these side effects. I don't want anything that's going to make me sick like these things did in the past, okay? And expresses her concerns. Now, here's where I want to tell you that I don't know is an acceptable answer. If you ask me for someone to work with in Maine, I'm going to tell you that I don't know anyone in Maine and I'm going to have to do some work and I will get back to you. I'm not going to tell you that I have an answer when I don't. Isn't I don't know an acceptable answer? Isn't the truth? best. Wouldn't you prefer that I tell you the truth versus Googling a name and telling you, oh my God, John Smith is the best. I would, I, John Smith is my first choice. And if not, then Mary Jones, because those are the first two names that come up when I look. Wouldn't you rather me take a little bit of time to do some work and get, even if that would be a day, because you know what? I have friends and I know people and I can do my due diligence. This doctor didn't do that. And I'm telling you what, I trust my instincts. And as I'm hearing this story, I said, you know what? I, I don't like to say things about other professionals, but with everything you're telling me, I don't believe that this doctor has any expertise in psychotropic medications. because. I don't have a, a medical degree. I did not go to medical school. However, I have 25 years experience working with clients who take psychotropic medications and I'm active, actively involved in their treatment. I work with their doctors. I speak to them regularly and they will tell you, oh, Lord, does she she will stand outside our door and drive us crazy. You know why? Because if we don't talk to each other, pieces get messed up. I need to know what they know. What if they're telling you to do jumping jacks and I'm telling you not to? These are important pieces of information. When I was in a building with the psychiatrist, I knew more about you than he did. So I went to see him before you walked in the room to share important information that he needed to know. 
if we were not in the same building, I was talking to him regularly. If we didn't work together, it doesn't work as well. I could be wrong. Maybe this person has 20 years of experience and, and I'm just, it was a bad day. But my client was put on a medication that absolutely has the potential for weight loss or weight gain. That was her number one concern. She was put on a medication that has the side effects that she didn't want for her past allergic reaction. Now, maybe it was an accident. We've all made mistakes. I don't know what happened, but I do know that I said, you need to get in touch with your doctor immediately, with the person who knows you and has known you for 20 plus years and knows your history. When you go into an office and you have that intuition and the hair on the back of your neck stands up or you just have a bad feeling, you're allowed to walk out. You're allowed to say, oh my God, my, my daughter needs me. I don't care what you say, but you don't have to work with a doctor that you don't like. You're allowed to get a second opinion. You're allowed to go to the pharmacist and ask questions. You're allowed to do any of those things. So we were talking about this in my Wednesday night team ruthless group. And as it's happening, other members of the group are going ruthless, 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 because I was standing up for my client. I was getting ready to say, we can pick up the phone and call together. Here's Here are the questions you need to ask. These are the notes you need to take. These are some weight neutral medications. I'm not saying I'm going to prescribe. I'm saying I'm going to stand up for you. And I'm going to help you find the answers that you want. You do not want a medication that makes you have an allergic reaction. You cannot have a category of medications in this family. We know this because you took A, B, C, D, and E, and you got violently sick. We need to write that down. You don't want anything that's going to make you waking up exhausted and groggy. This was on your list of concerns. You don't want something that's going to make you gain weight. This was on your list of concerns. These are your rights. And there are doctors who will listen. And there are doctors who will say, I don't know. Many of you choose to go to a psychiatrist. Psychiatrists go to school and are specifically trained in psychotropic medications. Psychiatrists are also difficult to get an appointment with for many people. And other people prefer to see their primary doctors. Some primary doctors will not prescribe psychotropic medications. If they are willing to, are they familiar with them? This is a question that you need to ask. Are they just looking up antidepressants and picking one? Or are they familiar with the differences between the schools of antidepressants? And when you change from one category to another and why? I know more about these medications than some because I'm actively involved with my clients who are on medications. I'm 
I've been on medication and I know what works for me and why, but I'm not a doctor at all. I do not prescribe. I have no business. I read a lot. I understand. I watch. I communicate with psychiatrists. I communicate with physicians, but I am absolutely not the one who you need to be having the conversations with. I'm the one who can help you come up with the questions for the doctors. I'm the one who can help you determine if your doctor is not the one for you. If you're comfortable with your doctor, great. If your doctor is communicating with you and answering your questions, great. But I'm not the doctor. I was uncomfortable that my client had a few needs and they did not get met. And so I wanted her to have a list prepared for when she did speak with her doctor. Psychiatrists are the go-to for depression and anxiety and any type of mental health issue. Unfortunately, some are really difficult to get in to be seen. And not all physicians are familiar with these medications. And if you have a physician who says, I don't know, but let me look into it, I am extremely comfortable with that physician. I'm, I'm loving that answer. I don't know works for me. I don't know and I'll learn works for me. I don't know and I'll communicate with a psychiatrist works for me. Here you go doesn't work for me with here you go without an explanation doesn't work for me at all i'm extremely comfortable with my new doctor in fort collins because of the conversations and the willingness and the explanations and and the openness and the reasons why and i absolutely was not comfortable with the doctor I had before. It was in the same facility, but I felt like I was doing the doctoring and it wasn't working and I made a switch. And if you have that feeling, listen, I don't know is a win. I don't know is honest. I don't know works for me. I don't know and someone never getting back to you. That's a different story. I don't know as a stall, you know, at I don't know and dilly-dallying, that's different. But I don't know and taking the time to get the information and get you to the place that you need to be, that's a win. So I'm sharing all of this with you because it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And you do have a choice in what doctor you see and how you go about getting that care. I'm absolutely okay with alternative forms of medication, right? I would rather not take medicine if I don't have to, but that doesn't always work, right? I am about to travel again. And if you were listening during my last trip, traveling took my back through a lot of pain. I came back from that trip and I had to heat and ice and not move 
and spend a good 72 hours recovering and go into acupuncture. And this time I am going to take more than some pain patches and essential oils. I have pain pills in case. Do I want to take them? No. Will I, if I have to? Yes, because I was in agony and it's not fun. It's really, really not fun. It makes it hard to sleep. It makes it hard to move. It made me crabby. It's not fun. And then I came back home and it was harder to walk my dogs and harder to have my appointments and harder to function and harder to live life. And life's fun. I enjoy living life. And as I wait until I get my injections that hopefully get me back to no pain whatsoever, I'm going to do what it takes. It's it's crutches. It's what I will do. So we we have our toolbox of things that we use and we have options and it's my last resort, but it is an option and I'm not going to make my life more miserable than it has to be. And you don't have to either. So what options are available to you? Who is in your toolbox? What supports do you have? I, I want as many as possible. And I want people that are on my team, people that lift me up and make me feel better, not worse. So I got rid of the doctor that wasn't helpful. I got rid of the doctor that I was doing all of the work. You are allowed to do the same. You need people on your team that are lifting you up, cheering you on, making you feel better. And of course, I believe that coaches, counselors, therapists are a part of that team. Life is harder without them. And it doesn't have to be. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. Sam at Samantha Ruth, what other topics do you want to hear about during Mental Health Awareness Month and any month, week, day? Uh, and any questions, comments, I always want to hear from you. This podcast, this community, none of this would be possible without you. You and your thoughts and your comments mean everything. Thank you so much. And until next time. Always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the ruthless movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week. Bye.